Right now with Kenny Hendricks and Colette Williams, it's time for Change Matters. Let's go. Good evening, good evening, and thank you for joining us. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening, and if it's Tuesday, you know what that means. It's time for Change Matters Solutions. We do this each and every Tuesday here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network at 7 o'clock here in Big D, Dallas, Tejas. It is 8 o'clock on the East Coast, and it is 5 o'clock on the scorching West Coast. And if you're in the mountain time zone, hey, you do the math. We've got another great show lined up for you, so stick and stay, and don't go away. And remember, tell a neighbor, tell a friend to join the Change Matters Movement. I'm your host, Kenny Hendricks. And I am your host, Colette Williams, and it is a torture today, and yesterday, and the day before, and the day before, and the day before. But that's okay, because sooner than we think, it's going to be frigid cold. Everybody's going to complain about that, especially those in California, because it was 109 today in Pasadena. It's 114 in the valleys. It's 110 just outside the valley. It's 114, 115 in the IE. It's 118 in Palm Springs and so on and so on and so on. And we do this every year. And for some reason, Californians never remember. It happens all the time. But this is a little different. It is a slightly different. But we're going to deal with it. There's nothing we can do about it. So we're either going to complain and deal with it or we're not going to complain and we're going to deal with it and be ready for fall and winter. I say let's just get ready for fall and winter. Well, I just got back from Nolens and I got to tell you, it was a scorcher down there. And uh, we stayed right near Bourbon Street, right off of Canal Street. And uh, that's the main drag. And we walked down to the Riverwalk about three times, which is not that far, maybe about half a mile. But in between, we had to stop at the mall because it's about halfway there and go in and cool off <laughs> every day. Stop at the mall, cool off, then finish your walk. It's just, and the humidity, the humidity is just, it just, it just wraps around you and grabs a hold of you and you can't do anything about it. I was glad to get out of there. We had a good time and we had a good time though. But yeah, the, the weather all over the place, Pakistan, one third of the country of Pakistan is underwater. At the, same, at the same time, the Rhine River is drying up. The Yangtze River is drying up in China. We've got rivers all over. We've got uh, Lake Mead drying up. The Colorado River is drying up. The Lake Powell. Everywhere is either uh, a a severe drought or they're getting flooded. Yeah. It's insane. This is insane. And it's all over the world. It's all all over the world. world. And why is it people don't believe that there's global warming, there's climate change? This is terrible. And half of California, and I've been saying for two decades, California is going to buoy itself up and fall off into the drink. And it is. San Diego it's- got up to 95, and that's a record for San Diego. Everybody knows San Diego is 75 year-round. It got up wow. to 95. The Bay Area, they're scorching. Up in San yes. Santa Rosa, there's about 18,000 people without power because the grid can't handle it. They're telling people... Pre-cool your house. Don't cool your house. Don't turn your AC on from four. It's either four to nine or four to ten because it's just uh, it's uh, straining, stressing the grid. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, it's insane. And you see what happened to us last year with the grid yeah. here in, in Texas. Yeah. So yeah, oh. there's there, there's but you know the problem with where we are right now is that you can tell people something straight to their face, show them the facts, and they're not going to believe it. They're not going to believe you. And the, the 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 really, the really astounding part it is, 
right now it's right. because they're listening to one person. They're listening to yep. this one person out there, and they're doggedly listening to him, to, to literally to their own demise. To their own detriment. To they their really own demise. Own I mean, their yeah. own demise. People are dying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's terrible because people, you can't water in certain parts of California. You cannot use water. You can't water your grass. Everything in California is either gone to ash or it's brown. Everything is brown and dirty looking. There's hardly any greenery anywhere. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And they're telling people, once again, consider changing your lawn to the landscape that's like a desert. That doesn't a hardscape, need a hardscape like they do in uh, Nevada, Arizona, and New yeah. Mexico. I, I think more places should do that. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love a good, well manicured lawn. I love the way it looks, but I'd rather have water to drink, and to brush my teeth and take a shower with. You know, and if if you look if you look at it, if you look at the, the lifestyles that we have here in the United States with that, the sprawling lawns, all the perfectly manicured golf courses, getting some um, echo. But whatever. So th- there is a lot of a waste of water. I mean, how many people brush their teeth and leave the water running? Yeah, and people. I stopped doing that. Yeah, I stopped doing that years ago. Yeah, I stopped doing that two decades ago. And even if you're not told, it's just common sense. Don't leave the water running. Don't leave your lights on. Don't water your grass twenty four seven. Don't just use things unnecessarily. Well, the problem with the not watering your grass is that right now people have, like, I've got a lot of money invested in my plants and my grass. And I don't want it to just die for my money to go to waste. Now, again, if we can do something different, I'm fine with that. But it, it, it's, it's, it's hard right now. Just tell people all the money you've invested is going to go to waste because you're just going to burn everything up. Yeah, it's it's you caught between a rock and a hard place. So uh, there's nothing. If folks don't change their behaviors, then there's really nothing we will be able to do about it because we're going to burn ourselves up. We're going to burn ourselves up. Everything is going to be gone. You'll have nothing left. And you know what? I'm sure back in the 60s, there were movies made about this, about global warming and climate change. And why is it nobody wants to believe this? It because just doesn't make people people don't want to believe so because they don't want to believe. They want to believe we've got an unlimited, we've got an infinite amount of resources at our disposal. You know, I saw something earlier today or yesterday, and they talked about we've got all this oil left in the ground. We can still use up all the oil. Okay, use up all the oil. Then what? You know, at some point you have to start looking at doing something different. Now. I'm kind of on defense about what Gavin Newsom did, saying that uh, 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 no more uh, combustion engines, 2035 it is, brand new cars being sold. You know, I haven't given given it a lot of thought, but that may be a bit drastic, but you got to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. In California, they're telling people that by 2030, 2035, that they will no longer sell gas cars. That's what I just said. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say that. Okay. Yeah, that's what the no no more gas cars at no after gas 2035. Cars. And they're outlawing gas stoves. Really? No, you didn't know about that? Yeah, they're outlawing gas stoves. So any new construction, the stoves have to be uh, electric. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they can't go to everybody's house and yank the stove out, but no new construction will be. Um, and what that's going to, one of the industries that's going to hurt is a lot of Korean barbecue places. You know how you go and eat, you have the, uh, uh, the the gas grill at your table. What are they going to do? Well, you know what? And now there are these uh, butane lighters, these heaters that restaurants use out in yeah. front of mm-hmm. in places. It doesn't necessarily have to be in front. But they use the gas heaters, the butane heaters. Mm-hmm. Propane. Cold Propane. Propane. So they're going to get rid of all of that. But the other thing is that here in California, they're talking about no more gas cars. Well, they're telling people now to cut back on using your big appliances, 
no more using your washer and dryer throughout the day. Your dishwasher, do not use that throughout the day. There's specific hours. And they also tell people who drive hybrid cars, electric cars, not to charge their cars throughout the day. So wait a minute. Gas is $6 and I went to an electric car. Now you're telling me I can't charge my car when I want to? This is getting outrageous. It's getting outrageous. But we've done it to ourselves. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. To excess, because we believe in excesses of everything. Remember yeah. that we, where we stayed in uh, New Orleans uh, was this little small hotel right off Bourbon Street. And we parked across the street. They've got private parking across the street. And there was a car in there under a cover. And for days I'm walking past this car saying, I know that's got to be, it's it's a 1960-something American car. I don't know. This thing was an absolute boat. It was, I mean, humongous. And I talked to the guy, the owner, uh, one of the days before we left, and he said it's an old Pontiac. He didn't say what model. But this thing had to be 30 feet long. You remember big, giant front end, big, giant tail end and all the stuff? And back then, there was literally a competition, if you recall, how big those cars were. There was a competition to see how who can make the biggest car. I watched a video yesterday, day before yesterday on the Oldsmobile Tornado. Remember, remember the Buick Riviera when it got real big. Dad had a big Buick Riviera. Um, Dad had a big Buick Riviera. <laughs> they, 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 these cars were humongous. There was no thought given to the future. I mean, these cars probably got six to eight miles to the gallon because it was all like the big. Nobody the talked gallon. about mileage in cars until 1972 and the the uh, uh, gas crunch. And so then, nobody was thinking forward. Right. And remember, we were buying gas. I remember buying gas at 20 cents a gallon. And remember, uh, one, one fateful day, my dad got his bill from the gas station from uh, Mr. Mike down there on Fair Oaks. And he got a bill for $20. And he hit the ceiling. Mm-hmm sky high because he got a bill. That was a whole day's work back then. $20. for gas. So so we 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 as as a society we really need to look at what are the, these things that we are doing to excess. And if you, and if you look at the way the excesses that we have and and I'm guilty of it. I I'm look look behind me. You know, I've got excess stuff. I I love my stuff. But that's what we do here. Do I need all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. As, yeah. I, as a quick question, what does it mean to get a bill from a gas station? What does that even This mean? was before credit cards. Yeah. So, so dad, dad had a, a an account at the local gas station where all of us could go down there and sign for gas. And that summer that she was talk, is talking about is, I remember I was taking my friends to the beach two, three times a week. Yeah, yeah, and he blew, he blew he blew a gasket. Yeah, I recall that. And he got a bill for twenty dollars, and like um, what is that called? Lose his something. He lost it twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. When you're paying twenty cents a gallon, that's a lot of gas. That's a lot of gas. But a few weeks ago, up here on Lake and Washington. I went into a gas station and some a truck pulled out ahead of me. I looked at the uh, the gas tank. What is that thing called? The gas filler. No, pump. the gas gas pump. Gas pump. One hundred and forty-four dollars and fifty-one cents. <laughs> By the way, if anybody listening is getting on the road, it's today's. Um, September 6th, and I know this is going to a podcast, so you may not be listening to it on this day. But if you are listening to it during this time, we just got off the road, and I signed up for the Flying J app. And I got 10, 10 cents per gallon off every time I filled up. You just go into the app, but it's really cool. You walk up to the pump, you sign on to the, your, your app, and it gives you a code, and you, pump, you, you just punch the uh, code into the uh, – gas pump. You don't have to take your credit card out or anything because you put your credit card into the app. It's great. 10, 10 cents per gallon. I'm doing a plug for Flying J. It works. So, just FYI. 
if you're getting on the road. Well, this this car, this man pumped $144.51 for 34 gallons. 34 gallons cost $144.51. It cost me $50 for a half tank. $50, $60 for a half tank. So, yeah. But we've got, as a, as a society, have to look at you know, all the things we are doing in excess. And it starts at the top. And I don't mean just the working people need to cut back. I mean, they need to cut back on every level. We've just, we, we are so involved in ourselves and our ego and our excesses. Again, these sprawling lawns, I love them. They're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. But are they really necessary? Most people around the world don't live like this. You know, Keanu, you spent, you spent a year living in Bath, England. Yes. You know, and what the little small refrigerators, right? Yeah. They, their fridges are the ones that, you know, kids have in their dorm. Yeah. But we have these big giant refrigerators and we're, we're probably the only people on the face of this earth, people here in America that walk up to a full pantry and a full refrigerator and say, damn, there's nothing to eat here. Literally, that is very specific to only the 50 states. Yep. Look at it saying, there's nothing to eat. I mean, I again, I'm guilty of all that. You know, there's plenty of stuff to eat in there. I don't feel like eating this. I don't feel like eating I don't want this. I don't, you know what? I'm just going to go down to Taco Bell. I might have just right. done that 30 minutes ago. Sorry. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, and are we free to do it? Yes. But it's really not looking out for Mother but- Earth. It really isn't. And we do so much. I remember when New York either had the the strike with the garbage people, the people did not pick up garbage for a period of time. And I don't remember the period of time, but there was so much yeah. garbage. Remember, they had to put it out at sea mm-hmm. and they were gigantic. It looked like a gigantic barge. Yeah, it was, it was a barge. Yeah, a barge. Going up and down um, the coast. Yeah, East Coast. Mm-hmm. And it's probably still out there. There was so much of it, but that should tell people something. And I've gotten to the point where recycling is really important. It's really important. But what people don't know about recycling is how it impacts what you get from it. So people don't understand how recycled paper, how it impacts your machinery. And by that, I mean, if you're using recycled paper on your printer, on your copier, you might run into some issues. So we found out that recycled paper sometimes did not reproduce well. So if someone wanted us to print their letterhead or something on recycled paper, it was a hit and miss. Mm. Because yeah, the recycled it, it, paper is recycled plastics and wood. Yeah garbage and they they melt it down they take out all of it they sanitize they do all all those things but it's still recycled elements that are coming back something else and i always think do i really want to use recycled anything there's no other way to get rid of it i think it has The other thing, too, to consider is that when you're recycling, the process of recycling that we don't see is very polluting. So just like you have manufacturing that is incredibly um, polluting, well, when you have to manufacture recyclables, same thing. Those are still Mm -hmm. gas-powered plants. Those are still plants that are pumping out toxins into the atmosphere. Those are still plants that are producing liquid waste, solid waste, gas waste. They're still heavily polluting industries. So while we're we're recycling and thinking that we're doing a, a great service, we're really just keeping the same cycle going. We just happen to not go to the store in order to continue that cycle. We throw something something in the recycling bin and it may not necessarily get recycled there's a lot of stuff that is designed to be recycled you might get your little 10 cents off because you're going to recycle it or whatever but it does not end up being recycled and some things are not some things become even more toxic because they were toxic during their initial construction now you have to add other chemicals to them you have no idea what kind of reaction is going to be had after that 
chemicalization. Chemicalization. Everything is driven by chemicals. But, and, and, it's, there, there, and there's no panacea. You know, it's just like uh, people, a lot of people that are against electric cars saying, well, you know, it's not going to solve anything because you still have to figure out how to get rid of the battery. That's true. There, there, there's The only way to fix that is to start everybody just walk because you can't even fix it with horses because w- horses put out methane gas all the time and that right. gets into the air. So, yeah, yeah, you start, you want to recycle. And some people don't even make it uh, an easy uh, down in Valley Ranch, they they can't they cannot put trash cans out on trash day. It has to be trash bags, and your recycling has to be in special plastic bags that are I think they're blue, and they're more expensive than the regular trash bags. So a lot of people are saying, "Screw it, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to spend the extra money," you know. So they're not they're not making it easy. And I know in L.A. that. I think before dad moved from LA to Arizona, he had like five trash cans in the backyard. One for trash, one for glass, one for paper, one for cans. And I don't know what the other one was for. So you're sitting there with five trash cans in the back, trying to figure out which one, which day. It, it, it's not easy. Now, in the grand scheme of things, is that a, uh, uh, it's a small price to pay if we are saving the earth? Yeah. But like you say, Kiana, it, you know, with, with with recycling, what pollutants are we putting in the air doing that? Yeah, you I, know. I think the proactive approach to solving this is to just consume less. That's really the idea. And that which you do consume, maybe try to forego throwaway plastic bags, which is something that California has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but even more so, maybe there's just no need for certain things because a lot of times we, I, I know for a fact that there we have a culture of overconsumption and it's overconsumption by you know thousands of percent. But we can kind of learn to be a bit more self-sufficient so that we're not so reliant on on all of these different manufacturers for basic goods. So we kind of have to relearn our our own environment so that we can maybe grow our own food, um, learn how to do some things that are closer to and more in line with the natural laws. No, no, I I agree. And and, and that's really the only way out of it is to to consume less. I'm still surprised that to-go places still give you styrofoam, those styrofoam boxes. I thought they were outlawing those things. As far as I know, they have been outlawed, but there are a lot of things that, well, maybe not the word outlawed is not in, uh, not a good word to use, um, but somehow I thought they were banned. I thought styrofoam was banned years ago, but yeah. maybe when you start to look at the fine print of certain things, sometimes you can have what looks like styrofoam, but it's one less chemical. And now it's no longer called styrofoam. Well, so not styrofoam, styrofoam. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's, yeah. there's so many loopholes that exist before we even get to a thing. Plus, we don't know how these things are made anyway. We, we learn years after they've been in production and, and out in the world for us to consume. So we're always having to backtrack to try to figure things out so that we can try to pick up the pieces and move forward. Um, so it, it it is a challenge, and I, I I honestly think the best solution is to just relearn the laws of nature. That uh, I'll be honest, we did lose here in the West in a lot of ways. Um, maybe the Midwest and you know some of the South. Maybe they've maintained some of their understandings, but even that can be really heavily polluted um, because some farmers, you know, they they get acquired by. Uh, major major manufacturers who are nothing but investors that tell you what to do so you can your you can increase your yield. It doesn't matter what you're producing. It doesn't matter how badly you're polluting the soil, air, water, and everything else around you. Just create more. So you know, right. the inter- and that's agribusiness. That is agribusiness, and that is yeah. that. Quite frankly, um, our little plastic bags and our little styrofoam is nothing, absolutely nothing compared to what the the capitalist structures that run this society produce. The, they are the biggest polluters, and so are the ones that, the, the, the fatheads that are in charge of these systems because they are the ones 
that typically have all of the giant yachts and the private jets and all of the and, – and not to mention their businesses are the ones that are doing the majority of the polluting. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's very easy to look at the everyday person and say, hey, no more straws for you. No more blah, blah, blah for you. They, they go on and on and on to try to oh, wheel yeah, it down yeah, on, the, yeah. on the ground floor when really the polluters are the, the manufacturing companies. But the manufacturing companies, they tussle with one another because nobody wants to lose any money by doing anything less. Their, their, own, their, their concern is the environment only in the context that it'll maintain their their bottom line. Mm-hmm. Not Remember, really. The most important. They're not really the most going to lose thing, money. The most important thing is is money. That's the most important element and aspect of all of this. Money and the big big companies and big people don't want to lose any money. It doesn't matter whether people suffer or not. It doesn't matter. It's good for the shareholder. Money. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does not matter humanity no longer exists. So and, we're boiling up everything and everybody. And see, Kiki, you talk about capitalism. If, if, if you look at all these sorts of uh, uh, systems of government, whether it's capitalism, socialism, uh, any other kind of ism you can think of, many of them look good on paper. And if if done properly, could succeed. But what happens is you introduce the human element. And power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so, if you look at communism, when the the at the birth of communism in uh, the prior centuries, when people started looking at communism, it was because, for example, in Russia, they were being uh, governed by the czars, and it was the czars who had everything, and everybody else had nothing. People were were dirt poor. Uh, starving and all those sorts of things. So when somebody came along and said, hey, we've got this thing, and I'm oversimplifying it, they've got this thing called capitalism where everybody gets a piece of the pie. Nobody gets to own anything because government owns it and the government's going to dole it out. Well, when you're living in, in, in Russia, in the Russian cold, and the czars are sitting up in their castles and they've got fireplaces and heated and you're struggling all the time and somebody tells you this way everybody gets a piece of the pie you think you're thinking yeah that sounds good right but then you introduce the human element and the communist leaders were just as bad as the czars it was just same thing just under a different name same thing with capitalism if you look at capitalism from that standpoint yeah you make money you should be able to make as much money as you want but when you have unfettered capitalism you get to where we are today because what you do with unfettered capitalism is you 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 get to basically mow down anything in your way that includes people and quite frankly know? that is the nature of capitalism its fundamental value has nothing to do with people or the care and concern of those who don't capitalize that is the very nature of it it's a it's a model that says there's only one winner so everyone else is below you or beneath you. So everyone is scrambling, literally. It's, everyone it's, is it's scrambling a, for their version of first in line. Yeah, it's almost a crab crab in the barrel. Oh, so whoever yeah. can scratch and claw and make their way to the top, yeah, they, they, that, that's great. You know, right. you scratch and claw your way to the top. Notwithstanding the fact that you're doing it by lying, cheating, stealing, uh, 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 doing all these things uh, to people, but hey, it's capitalism. We can get to do whatever we want, and that's where we are. That's correct. nothing else. Nothing else matters except the bottom line. Right. And so now we're having what looked like we call it climate change. Quite frankly, I call it baby Armageddon. <laughs> but um, I, I don't. I don't really know what is going to happen next. And I know there's a, a large uh, population of people throughout this country, in particular, who are stocking up left and right for all kinds of supplies. But at the same time, it's kind of like, that's that's a bit of a toss-up because we're not really dealing with a situation where it doesn't look like you're going to be all that stable because everywhere is unstable. So when you have wild flooding, it's not Mm -hmm. likely that you're going to be able to bolt up your windows and doors and be successful in that and let's yeah. say you are successful well your house is now underwater which means you cannot leave your home 
for any reason. So you're stuck in the, you know, so it, it's not really realistic in that, in that sense. And if you're in a drought type of a situation, uh, it, you have to accommodate for your lack of water. And in the Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi example, right. mm-hmm. you they cannot stay there because of not only just the lack of water, but the water that is there that is extremely contaminated. Right. So, but but and, and you know I'm a prepper, and I believe in being prepared, and and I keep. A lot of times I like to try to have like about 10 cases of water in the house at a time. And I believe in preparing for these sorts of things and notwithstanding those sorts of things happening, the flood, fires and things like that. If you're in a position to have enough food and water, medical supplies and those sorts of things, I think you should have those. Because one of the things that I, and I've been doing it for years, I've been doing it for 30 years plus. I just, you know, even before I left California, I had a, I had an earthquake hit in California. But after Katrina, when they were, were uh, uh, interviewing that woman, and she said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but almost verbatim, she said, they told us to go down to the stadium, and then they didn't tell us what to do. What does that even mean? She, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to survive. She did not know how to survive. She, the government, the, the government, and I'm using air quotes, right. told her to go down to the stadium. She went and then stood there. Now what do we do? Survive, people. Survive. Do what you have to do to survive. You know? And I understand not everybody's in that mindset, but we've got to get into that mindset of, of survival. And because the grid goes down, what are we going to do? Right. You know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the grid is down in, in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, yeah, you may have electricity for what? Sit there and watch TV while you you die of dehydration. Right. You know, that means businesses have to shut down. You can't bring employees into your business with no running water. They can't flush the toilets. Right. The gas stations on the on 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 the interstate. You know, people stop to use the bathrooms. You know, cooking in restaurants. You know, there is a huge domino effect. That happens when you lose one piece of the grid and or I'm, one piece of the infrastructure. And I'm so glad you said that because I think that's what we've done to nature. We've unwound the elements of nature and tried to we, – we've gone against the laws of nature and we've tried Absolutely. to make them a sort of individualized and we've made it very artificial. We've disrupted and entirely redirected massive, massive bodies of water around the entire planet. So the natural ecosystem has been on a steady crumble for generations. And what we did when we created this artificial ecosystem, we created its own destruction in doing that. Because we took we took natural elements that were already had sustainability built into it. We took all of that apart and said, no, we can do it better. And yeah. then we created our own demise. And when I say we, I honestly, I don't include myself in that. Um, but I, I, I see how that happened and how we have been, I was born into that kind of a society. And as I grew up, I started realizing just how backwards it is. And how disruptive it is and destructive. And so now we have to figure out a way to turn that around as best we can. But the thing that we don't really realize is when you F with nature, you F with yourself. There's an old old commercial, don't mess with Mother Nature. You know, they are talking about autonomous vehicles. You know, how easy does it have, how easy are we trying to make life? And I've been saying this for years. How e- they had, uh, one of the gas stations, uh, one of the big guys, Exxon, Mobil, somebody like that, some years ago, and you may remember they had this little wand that when you, it was on your key fob. And when you got out of the car to put your gas in, you didn't have to pull your credit card out. You just waved your wand that was on your key fob. Yeah, I've seen that. And I used to say, well, all you have to do is take your God, Dang credit card out your wallet and put it in the machine. It's not that difficult. How how easy does it have to be? Right. You know, and now they've got the tap it now, of course, with COVID and things like that, that was kind of handy. But nonetheless, 
Again, autonomous vehicles. First of all, I like driving. I'm, I don't want to be anywhere near an autonomous vehicle. Vehicles that just drive themselves on the streets. And see, I and have to wonder who is trying to remove remove the human element from everything. It's bad enough. Everybody. That capitalism did not include the human element. They, they are trying to make you, you, you go to, I don't know about all fast Taco Bell here. You walk into Taco Bell. They've got two giant screens that you plug in your own order. Now you can turn around to the counter and order with the people or just plug it in right there. Yeah. Uh, Walmart, the Walmart by the house, they must be a test bed, test market because they change all the time. And right at one point they had, they've got 30 some odd lanes. At one point they had five checkers and the other 25 lanes were self checkout. Really? Yes. Now they changed it again. Again, they, 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 they can figure that thing differently all the time. Right now, I think they've got six on one side and maybe eight on the other. And then, you know, I don't know, 10 or so or whatever it is, whatever okay. the math is in the middle that you have. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. uh, actual checkers. But yeah, they're trying to figure out how to, I mean, employees as a business, your biggest expense is your employees. Mm-hmm. So how do you continue to operate your business? with fewer employees. And you look at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Amazon, something like, I don't know, half the work, 75% of that work is yeah. done by robots. Yeah, That's true. And now Amazon, Amazon is dealing with people who are walking off the job. I just saw day before yesterday that Amazon employees are walking off the job. But one of the things that they did was they said, and I think maybe, Ken, you saw this video where... They're saying if Mexicans, the Hispanic community, if they can walk off the job and the company folds, why don't we have the same power? So they're not even talking about how that, how this impacts society in terms of climate change, in terms of the economic health and wealth of the community. So there's so many things that are impacted. And as you're talking about this, just, just as Kiana said, when you mess with Mother Nature, everything is impacted. And when we were kids, there was a commercial, don't mess with Mother Nature. Yeah, but that was about that. butter. Yeah, that I was about butter. Was. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Right. Right. It was, about, it was about butter. But now, don't mess with Mother Nature. It's about your life. It's mm-hmm. about how it impacts your life. And people just don't see it. And and I have to I have to to give it to the the younger generations Gen Z millennials etc. They are really uh, forcing the hand of corporate America. Mm-hmm. You know uh, I don't know if we've talked about the whole quiet quitting uh, phenomenon. Have you guys talked about we talked about that where people have decided what what would happen during COVID they were doing all this extra work people were ending up sick so everybody had to pitch in and work longer hours, extra shifts, extra days, everything, and they got nothing for it. Right. Maybe, hey, thanks for that. No raise, no, you know, maybe an attaboy on the back, but they really didn't get anything. So people say, you know what? Yeah, I was one of them. I'm going to come here. I'm going to clock in at 8 o'clock, and I'm going to count down at 4.59, 5, boom, I'm gone, and I'm not doing anything. And companies, it's freaking corporate America out. In fact, I saw one woman, I can't remember, she's the CEO of one company, and she was – talking about how we are fulfilled by our work and, you know, this quiet quitting is hurting, it's hurting everyone. And this, and I'm like, you know, I grew up in a generation where we were overachievers, you know, working 60 hours a week was no big deal. I mean, it was like, boom, 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 boom. It was, we were just you know, bouncing off the walls. That's the way we worked, you know, but back then we actually got some things for what we are, are, you know, there was some, 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 uh, uh, rewards to our work. You know, nowadays, you know, you bust your butt all year and they give you 2% raise. Oh, you also, you heard, huh? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. And so you, you, and it's not even keeping up with inflation and all the other, and pe- and, and the gig economy, young people saying, you know what, I'll drive for Uber part time. I'll drive, I'll drive for Uber, Lyft, do some DoorDash, uh, hustle, do, I'll, I'll do some podcasting and I'll do this on YouTube. And, and they got all this thing and they, they figure out, well, you know what? I was making 30,000, only $30,000 anyway. And I'm making 40,000 doing the gig economy. Yep. 
So people aren't going back. People, I've read that companies are trying to hire people, and they say, okay, right. this person, they're calling a person and say, hey, we want to hire you. When can you start? They say, well, can I work from home? And they say, well, no, we don't do that. And they say, see ya. Right, exactly. And you know what? We went somewhere yesterday and today, and the woman, I said, don't you have more than one cashier? And she says, no, they don't want to come to work. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so they are fortunate. And as a matter of fact, where Grace works, uh, the CEO there was very adamant about, no, you do not get to work from home. Although they, prior to him coming in, she was working from home. And a lot of people work from home and the whole COVID thing. But today, literally, she came in and said, he said, he came in and said, or sent something out and basically said that, okay, if you want to work from home, you got your choice. Either if you work from home, you can either work from home or have a career. So you can come in the office, bust your ass, work all long hours and all this stuff, and then you're going to move the corporate ladder, or we'll let you work from home and you won't move up the corporate ladder. And I guarantee you, a whole lot of young people are going, screw the corporate ladder. Yeah, I mean, that ladder didn't even work when it was standing. Let's you be know, real. People are saying, you know what? I'd rather have home life balance, you know? Yeah, and truly. If, and then if, and if you're working on the coast, New York, San Francisco, L.A., you know, making $150,000 and you can't make ends meet. So it's, it, again, I, I, I give credit to the younger and generation. And that's L.A., that's right. They, they that's are, L.A. And that's pushing the envelope and, and, right. and pushing the hands of corporate America. Right. And there's so many people, there's so many people who are talking about, who are talking about why it's so difficult in California and online, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, I have seen comments where people are saying, where is everybody going? Why are they leaving California? Because a, an Asian guy answered this question from a Yolanda Renee, a Dr. Yolanda Renee. And, she sa- and he said, I'll answer that for you. I left because of the high crime, the cost of living, the trash in the street, the homeless population, joblessness. Oh, he ran it down. In fact, I want to say there were nine or 10 things that he ran down and said, that's why he left California. Yeah. And, and there are, there are, there, there are YouTube video after video after video about people leaving California and those things that, uh, um, you mentioned are all part of it. The cost of living, the crime, uh, and a lot of people are just saying, you know what? I don't, I don't need that. Now, you know, California, again, I'm a native California. That's always home. Uh, best weather in the country. Uh, you can go skiing and in the morning and go have dinner at the beach in the evening. Also, I miss the drives up and down the coast, that kind of those sorts of things. But with all the, all things being equal and they're not, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough place to live. It really it's a is. Tough place to live. Not only that, you have a lot of people, or at least the people in that I'm aware of, I guess my generation and the one younger, um, are also doing a lot more traveling. So having just a single place where you live, well, we're kind of in that taking your life back. We're also really like, you know what? And speaking of which, taking my life back, I also want to move about the planet freely. So... There's a lot of people, even though you're calling it, it's no, it's not even work from home anymore. It's remote work because it doesn't matter where I am. Some companies even require that you are in the United States, but there are ways um, to work around that um, to where you are in the United States for a certain amount of time, um, meeting your your company's requirement. Um, I won't I won't talk about how you can bounce a signal, but that's a thing too. But you know what? That, that's 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 about control. Yeah, it is. Because and we're not. You can move down. It. You can move down to Mexico, and as long as you've got a, a signal, you can do because they're hiring people in other countries. And you can also create your own signal. I know people that have been able to create their own signals, even when the signal in the local area is bad or non-existent. So yeah, there's as long, like this as, way. long as you can do that. But yeah. see, the, the also the other difference is you guys are not as encumbered as us. Okay, you know, homes and kids and everything. A lot of young people aren't having kids. 
like we were having kids and buying homes and things like that. So it's much easier for you guys to just say, hey, you know what? Screw you. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, a lot of us. That's because it's almost been damn near impossible for us. Life yeah, kind of like yeah. sped right past us. I mean, just graduating from college, I, you know, not everybody had – not everybody could get a job in their field, number one. Two, you were sacked with loans, student loans. You know, so college is not cheap, and it, it's ju- it was just, you know, we thought we were doing all this this stuff. You know, we thought we were going to follow in our parents' footsteps and have all of these opportunities when really everything had already just, like, died in the 80s. So we really didn't stand a chance of having the solid footing at all yeah. because everything mm-hmm. from the time we walked across the stage was – a 90-degree uphill battle. So some people were able to do it, some weren't. But so if you want to talk about generations, you're seeing that, you know, the the home ownership thing has got is, is exponentially harder and has mm-hmm. been for a mm-hmm. very long time. Salaries, please, nobody wanted to pay us. They were done paying people. They they were like, no, <laughs> we're not about that paying thing anymore. You're going to work for free and call it an internship, and then we're going to pretend like we're going to promise you a job. That never yeah. actually meant a job. They got comfortable with free labor. Mm-hmm. So that's how the country was built. So That is exactly how the country was built. So it was a very familiar strategy. Nobody had a second thought about not doing it. And mm-hmm. so – it just it was just this runaway train of nonsense and eventually we were like man screw this this is yeah, and, and, and and i think i think and it's i think it's coming back to bite corporate america now uh you know how far it goes i don't know but I, but i seriously believe we are seeing a a paradigm shift in in the way people relate to their jobs and they relate to corporate america and in co- corporate america their hands are being forced because you, they're not can't, they can't hire people. I mean, even a couple uh, last year, the year before, uh, Kel and I were traveling and we went to three different restaurants. And then one time I was in LA. Everywhere, every restaurant we went to, we wanted to sit outside because of COVID. They said, "Well, we don't have we if we seat you out there, we can't seat you out there because we don't have enough wait staff." Yeah. And they can barely the ones we have can barely take care of the inside, so we can't seat you out there. Yeah, I've seen that. And it's the same thing right now. It's the very same thing today. So not as bad as it was last year, but it has not changed. And people have gotten to the point where they've tried to hire people, but nobody wants to go back to work. Nobody wants to go back into these jobs, menial labor. Someone just told us today about a a, a waitress job. Waiter is making $22 an hour at one of these fast food restaurants. So things have become so unbalanced. Everything is just so out of order. $22 an hour at a fast food restaurant? Yes. That seems yes. pretty good to me. Yes. Actually, not really. You still can't live on $22 an hour. You can't even live on $50 an hour. You cannot live on $100 an hour. Hourly wages. Exactly. Not here in California. You cannot. Well, you quite cannot. frankly, nowhere so $22 in the United of, States. It doesn't work exactly. anywhere in the U.S. But right, $22 so an hour is still no money. That's still no money. But everybody is doing the same thing. Everybody is facing the same thing. And for people that think that this only impacts a few people, it does not. This has impacted the entire country and the entire planet. And also... So people really need to wake up. Just wake up. And also how it gets to be, how the workaround that employers have is they will say, oh, yeah, we're paying our employees $22 an hour. But what you don't realize is that they've hired double the staff and they've cut the hours of everyone on staff by half or more. So that all they did was just move the run, the money around a little bit. So it looks like they're really so doing something so working- great. So instead of you working eight hours, making $20 an hour, you you work four hours and another person works the other eight hours. And as the part-time employee, they don't have to give you benefits. Exactly. Exactly. They find a way so that they, it'll work for them. It'll work for them. That's right. Like I said, nobody wants to pay anybody. 
but they want everything done. Everything. Everybody demands so much work done, but no one wants to compensate the worker. So, yeah, that's why younger people are like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. A lot of people, I half of my friends have kids. The other half do not. And mm -hmm. some of them are like, absolutely not. I will never be able to afford it. And if I am able to, to afford it, it'll be hell for me and the kids. So they're not doing it. They're not signing up. And even even the um, twenty year olds, people in their twenties, are like they they're like kids. What is that? What is that? What does that even mean? Like they don't even care. A lot of them. So it's just you know when your society w like reduces your humanity to a currency, well then this is what you get. So you know who knows what's going to happen? And you know the people that created all of this, they're going to be dead and gone by the time this really this fallout is complete. So they don't care. I think I'm just going to go out and kill myself right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not necessary. Not necessary at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't joke about joke like that. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty depressing outlook if you think about it. I mean, it's, and if, especially for you folks. Again, I'm old and retired, so I don't give a damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, it's, it's got to be tough for younger people coming out. And, again, and this is a story, you know, you come out of college, you get a great degree, you get a good paying job making six figures, making maybe making a hundred, hundred twenty thousand. Especially you live in LA and say, well, you know, I didn't buy a house. And and most young people don't start looking at house prices when you're fourteen. Okay, so yeah, right, you probably don't know the cost. And then you go down, and you start looking at, and you go, well, wait a minute, you mean I have to pay a million dollars for a fixer upper? Yeah. Uh, I, I I can see why people are just. Yes, it is a trillion dollars. It is a trillion dollars for a fixer-upper. Right here in California, that's why people are leaving, because nothing makes sense. They cannot connect the dots. The dots are not connecting here in California. So, as the guy said, he's leaving California for a variety of reasons. The, the cost of living, high crime, uh, the dots are not connecting, no job. He just went on and on. I was really surprised to see that. I was really surprised. But he said it. And the and the woman said, wow. And he said, anything else? Because he nailed it. He really nailed it. And that's what it is. That's what it is. I don't think it helps that it kind of seems like the entire country is kind of imploding. But I kind of feel like that had to happen, you know. Rome had to fall. It got. It just got too out of hand. Something had to give. But you know the the hope that I like to also offer is it will be younger people who decide to recreate. I guess our everyday structures, our everyday living structures. Um, we're not really buying the same lies. We're not really following the, the rules. <laughs> a lot. A lot of people are just yeah, yeah. not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, no, and, and 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 I I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and it's out of survival, honestly. It really is because we see what does and doesn't work, mm -hmm. and we're not really um, doing it. We're not feeling it. If it, it it didn't, it doesn't work. We also let let's talk about the fact that we grew up with parents, workaholic parents. So yeah. we were daycare kids. We were mm -hmm. also. Kids who, it's great to have the village life, grandmothers there, aunties and uncles, grandfathers. That's wonderful. But we also were the generation, and even younger, that has parents who their their whole life is work. You see them mm -hmm. in the morning, if they drop you off at school, and maybe you see them at night, if they're home before you go to bed. So... Mm -hmm. You know, when you're working a million hours a day so that you can provide the best life for your kids, well, great, you had cool toys and a bunch of stuff, but that bond, that experience was lost because your parents were working. Your parents had something that took up their entire sunrise and sunset. Mm -hmm. You didn't have them during those days when you're growing, when you're becoming the person that you are. You didn't have them during those times. You got home and got disciplined for getting a C on your math homework. So it really was. 
What's that? There's a house in Altadena on Glen Rose. I'm not going to say the address, but you not far from it's it's on Glen Rose. It's uh, 1,172 square feet, three bedroom, one bath. It just sold. One million two hundred and thirty-eight thousand. It sold in June of this year. Was that an investor that bought it? I you can't tell. This is just Zillow. One million two hundred and thirty-eight thousand. A lot of property in um, here in California is being purchased by investors, and these are individuals as well as small businesses that are just buying up property. And a huge number of these businesses are not even U.S. businesses. They're from other countries. And they're buying up land. In Here's another one on Las Flores. Sold for $1.3 million. Sold in uh, July of this year. $1.3. I, I, I do this periodically. I look at this. we got about five minutes left. I, I look at this because growing up in that area, and again, the house we grew up in was built in 1947, and Zillow has it at 973000 And I think I mentioned to you guys that the house that we grew up in, the Barnes' house next door, and the house next door to that where the pool was on mm-hmm. the corner of uh, Glen Rose and Loma Alta, that house sold. They filled in the pool. They just uh, put a fence up. I just noticed it this afternoon. And a family bought all three houses. I think that house on the corner is haunted. You know what? It must be something because they bought it. They bought the house and it's now, it's all something else. You guys. Uh, We got about five minutes, but I must tell this story about that house. Yeah, please. Uh, If you look at that house, it's got a, a garage with two doors, you know, with the pillar in the middle. Yes. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. And it's a furniture driveway, very short driveway, right? Yeah, it's, a ve- it's a very short driveway. They just redid the garage. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, the garage. Well, uh, Kevin and I swapped cars one day. He had just bought a 64 Chevy, and I had my 64 Chevy. And I was in his car. He was in my car. We come flying up Loma Alta, and I'm in his car. And I go to pull to make, you know, you have to turn wide to get into our driveway. I was going too fast and the brakes failed on the car. Okay. I don't know what made me do it, but I went two doors down and pulled into that driveway. Right. And tore right through the garage, right into the the pillars in between. Knocked them down. I was okay. Put the car in reverse, pulled out, and went home. You guys don't find it. You guys don't find it. You're kidding. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. Kevin wasn't real happy that I wrecked his car. It wasn't damaged a lot because the garage was uh, very thin. But at any rate, I thought it was a much better story than that. Anyway, we've got three minutes left. Colette, you want to take us out? Yes. And before we conclude the show, I want everyone to know we've got some things coming up. And especially on October 1st, we will be hosting a telethon for the South Sudan. We've got a group that will be going to South Sudan, and we are assisting. This is a partnership, and we are assisting in raising funds so that people in South Sudan can have a better life. This will help educate the kids, over 900 kids and 60 teachers will be assisted. So there's a lot going on. We also have a COVID-19 special coming up. That's going to be late October. So there's a lot going on with Intentional Talk Radio Network. Please stay tuned. We've got new hosts coming on. Lots going on. You'll see our growth. You'll, You'll see our growth. So stick and stay. Don't go away, as Kenny Hendricks says. Thank you for joining us. This is the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Listen, do whatever you can to cool down because it is a scorcher out there. We'll talk with you soon. Tomorrow is the hump day, Wednesday. Already, conversations with Colette and Corliss and also smart money moves. So come on back, folks.
Take care. Be good to yourself and be good to others. We'll see you soon. Good night.